Some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got. Yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy, dude. Yeah, guy. You know what? It's Tuesday. It's May the 1st, the first day of May in the year 2018 of our Lord. Welcome to Spit. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass with you here on a coffee-fueled Monday. You back on coffee? Um, Well, I always drink one cup of coffee. I've got the half-calf going right now. Half-calf, half-decaf. Really? Yeah. You get, uh, like, the drip coffee? Half and half, or do you do a cappuccino, or what? No, I just do the drip coffee half and half. Yeah. Nice. I'm unfamiliar Glad with that. Prove. Well, I thought you were on. <laughs> I thought you were strictly on tea for a while. I'm a. I do tea. I I do tea. I do a pu'er. I do a uh, Scottish caramel pu'er. I do a Garden of Eden English breakfast tea. I thought pu'er was Chinese. Is the Scottish the caramel part? Yeah, it's Scottish caramel pu'er. Got it. Got it. Got it's it. A flavored Chinese tea, my friend. Got it. Dude, I cannot believe it's May 1st. I know, right? It's really depressing, actually, how fast time flies nowadays. It's crazy. Um, Spit. Busiest time of year for you, though. Yeah, it's so busy. We're sitting in the front seat of my truck doing this show. On the side of the road, off the 5 freeway. We're on the side of the road right now, you guys. We're in my truck. People are driving by going, what are those two dudes doing? That's strange. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, now, we're at the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. Surfingheritage.org is the website. Actually, updated the URL. I think it's shack.com now or maybe shack.org. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find it just by searching any of that stuff. But um, forgot to let them know that we'd be here early. Here's the crazy thing, Scott. It's 8 a.m., the week of the boardroom show. Is this your normal hour? You normally up at 8 a.m.? I mean, are you normally out working at eight a.m.? Is the question. Yeah. I know you're at the beach at eight a.m. No, no, I'm. I'm. You're an early. I'm guy. kind of a morning worker guy. Yeah, I'll surf gentlemen's hours at like eleven when everyone's gone. It's glassy and warm. But you know, there's people in offices at eight a.m. Like checked in for the day, suit and tie. Yeah, sitting in an office. Yeah, that's strange to me. It's weird, right? Yeah, I've never had to do that. Thankfully. Um, we got a lot to catch up on. Obviously, the boardroom show we'll get into in great detail. Yes, that's this Be- weekend. Before we do, though, we have sponsors of the show that we so need good. to give a thank you to. Firstly, spyoptic.com. Um, promo code podcast for the month of April, we were giving away, for in honor of Earth Day, a ton of Surfrider Foundation memberships whenever anybody bought a pair of shades. So that was super cool of them. It was very successful um, in Australia and the U.S., so that was awesome. Support Spy and they support so that they support this show. Huge thank you to that. We could track it all when you use our promo code. And then Need Essentials. I was talking to Rob in preparation for the boardroom show because his booth is right next to mine. Yes. And um, they really had a great time last year. They've kind of reinvested in their product line in that amount of time from last year they have a full line of women's suits now available oh good for them i know smart move so the full stock uh full stock of women's suits and sizes are in in uh available and then they'll be at the boardroom show all the men's twos uh three twos four threes they're all back in stock thermal lined fast dry suits will be here uh probably mid-may and then i don't know if you've seen they have 
a bunch of additional things other than wetsuits, obviously. We've been talking about the jacket, but they do um, sandals, fully stocked, full grain leather sandals, black sandals, and uh, board shorts, all that sort of stuff. So come by the boardroom show, check them out, and then, of course, neatessentials.com. Yeah, and, and Rob was generous enough to give away a, a short sleeve, two mil, two body, a uh, two mil short sleeve full suit uh, as. Uh, one of the promotions that I'm doing on the radio down in San Diego on Extra Sports 1360. I did not know that. Yeah, Rob's giving away a two mil suit to one lucky listener down there. So pretty stoked. And Every thank, thank everybody you, Rob. everybody who's gotten the suits, uh, listeners, has given me positive feedback about them. Everybody digs them. I don't know if you've seen the pros online wearing them too occasionally. You know what it's else? Under the radar, but uh, to interrupt, not to interrupt, but the coffee got me thinking. We're yeah. also giving away a board on on the radio are you really yeah what kind of board the javier xtr oh the high one that performance we... concave deck twin fin we were talking about the xtr when you were doing the um replicating that yeah fish yeah you were doing a bunch of different board yeah. constructions that was one of them so we're, we're giving away a board on the radio on friday on extra sports 1360 a.m so listen in and you can win uh, so, yeah guys. so you got to be in san diego to win it i can't win it um well it's a san diego radio station you can be anywhere you want do they stream it online Yes, they do. How do you win? There's going to be, um, I think they're going to, I don't, it's up to the disc jockey guys, you know, the, the sports talk hosts. But like, do you have to call in? Like, I think you're going to have to answer some questions, like name the most iconic GNS San Diego uh, surfer in the history of San Diego. You know, like easy questions. Do you know the answer to that? Oh, man. Um. <laughs> it's actually kind of, you could pick two people, actually. The most iconic GNS surfer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Skip Fry. Yeah, GNS, Skip Fry. Right? Skip Fry. Okay. Yeah. Well, but you could also you could say Mike Henson, who's actually kind yeah. of maybe more well known thanks to the movie The Endless Summer. But anyway, I don't know if that's the question, but they're going to be asking some some kind of softball questions, and then you call in and they'll get a winner. Got it. All right. And then you're giving away boards at the boardroom show, right? Or shaped blanks? Yeah, six shaped blanks are being given away from the shape off itself some of those finished blanks from the shape off competition are going to be given away but only if you buy your tickets online so if you oh, buy tickets online okay. you'll be automatically entered to win one of six shape blanks we're giving away that weekend awesome yeah well the most exciting contest of the year is coming up this weekend scott that is so true the shape off that's right the icons, the of, icons foam. of foam shape off tribute to the master shape off the entire show presented by us blanks our great sponsor and this year we have for the first time ever man-on-man -man heats so we've got uh eight guys going competing in man-on-man -man heats and the first heat is uh ricky carroll versus travis reynolds and that'll start sharply saturday morning and Basic one guy will move on from that heat I hate to say like the old versus the new, but it's kind of like a legacy guy, storied, iconic. It's also an East Coast versus West Coast. I think you should do a marketing campaign around like Biggie and Tupac. You right. know, East Coast, West Coast, Ricky totally. and Travis. Ricky's Biggie. Right. Travis is Tupac. I did buy jerseys. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. I had jerseys made for each one of them. It's got their name on the back. And it's got the because this is the tournament of champions, so this is all past champions of the shape off that's competing this year, and it's got the the shape off that they won prior on okay. the back, and then it's got a little boardroom logo. That is amazing. So they'll all be wearing their jerseys. That is amazing. 
Yeah, and if there's a call and a cry for people to buy these jerseys, <laughs> pre-order, <laughs> pre-order. Uh, you didn't stock up? No, I just figured you know we'll do one-off customs. I like them. Yeah, you'll see them on eBay the following week on Monday. Yeah, I mean, look, if you want to continue with the boardroom, we can just kind of get it out of the way so the listeners, because I feel like we're boring the listeners, but it's not boring. It's just that I got. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Try to keep it not boring because yeah. I, I've never. I don't want to turn this into a promo for the boardroom, even though that's kind of what it is. I think it's fine if it is. Yeah. I think people are interested. Yeah. It's a fantastic affair, dude. It really is. It's the only surfboard industry trade show that's open to the public. Yeah. That has all of the top surfboard brands in the world. So, yeah. Well, there's some interesting things that I've never asked you. Oh, or yeah. I don't know if they're going to be interesting or not, but I've never interviewed you. Okay. So maybe I can interview you a little yeah. bit. All right. Um, it's May 1st. The event happens on May 5th. That's this right. is crunch time. Even for me, I have way fewer responsibilities there than you do, and I feel the pressure, losing sleep, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, what's something every year you get down to this time and you realize that you forgot to put a system in place to make sure that you're not waiting till the last minute? Is there anything that you get down to this time of year and is absolutely driving you insane, keeping you up at night? Um. The only major anxiety I have is the California Gold Surf Auction because we're bringing in all of the boards from the auction to be on display for physical preview. And so I have concern about those boards, many of which are super high-priced boards, in the setup process, perhaps getting dinged, you know, getting a neck here or there. That kind of freaks me out, but that's just about taking our time and setting it up slow and not not being in a rush. And then there's some other small things like, as you mentioned, you know, the key really is to do all of the stuff that bothers me a week before. So this week I can do fun stuff like make sure that the box office is decorated with plants and and do kind of the stuff that, that needs, that adds that little extra bit of spice to the show, you know, like like printing. I'll do a lot of printing this week. I'll go to the printer a lot and get signs made, nice signs for different things. Um a Costco run to get like breath mints and shit like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Who do you hand out breath mints to? Myself, mainly. Oh, I thought it was a strategic. You just keep them in the po- in your pocket in case you encounter somebody who needs one. I do that too. Oh, okay. I'll do that move. I remember you gave me one last year, actually. Yeah, I've got a whole roll. This is all for coming you. together. I've got cases. <laughs> um, so they give you yes. access to the grounds this far in advance? No, I won't have access until Friday. Actually, Thursday, I go in there to hang U.S. blanks banners from the ceiling well so that's what's weird or what's crazy about it is you have a year to prep but so much of it comes down to the last 72 hours probably right like you can't do a lot of things six months ago no you're right you know um just getting vendors you, you, and yeah, exhibitors you, you, and stuff. you do sales in advance and then you do marketing you know three weeks a month in advance maybe two months in advance and then the week of it, you just have dotted all your i's and crossed all your t's you know yeah. you've got to make and and the you know this is our 11th year our 17th or 18th show so we've been doing it long enough that i've got a staff that's you know we kind of you know we can kind of turn the key and turn the machine on and know what we're doing and it's not quite as hectic as say the first three years sure i've noticed that's one thing you've done great with is delegating um because there is that christian surfers group yes and also just other dudes Tim, I think from Tim Crozier, yeah, yeah and Tracy from Blackbird Taylor. is that yeah, Blackbird, Blackbird is his label. Yeah. yeah, Tracy's amazing. Like those guys, those um, guys are my lieutenants. Basically, they run the shaping bays for me. They set up the bays, and, and they're Tim's passionate. been with me from 
you know, almost the first show. And Tracy's been there for a long time, too. So, you know, like a lot of our listeners are passionate about surfing. It, that's who these guys are. So the one weekend a year that they're able to do something in the field, they're super excited about it. They come with their A game and those guys make all the difference in the world. That Christian surfers group too, just handing out coffee, picking up trash. They're unbelievably attentive. They always help tear down booths, setups, booths. Yeah. So you've done a great job in getting people like that involved who care about it, you know? Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad you brought up the Christian surfers. As you know, I'm a Christian. And it means a lot to me that these guys go out of their way to serve the community, the surfing community. They don't go out and preach. They don't go out and um, talk. They just let their actions speak. And their actions are actions of service to their fellow man, which I would say to you that's pretty much what Jesus was all about. Well service to his fellow man those people add a personal touch to the event it is a trade show and it's in a big you know hall exhibition hall yeah but all those people add a very personal it feels homey you know or like your family restaurant down the street or something like it's the same people walking around handing out coffee sandwiches at lunchtime and stuff so yeah super cool um speaking of christian I got an email from a listener, a direct message, maybe a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, furniture store in San Clemente. It's called South Coast Furniture Co. Yeah, I saw SC. your Instagram. Of, didn't you do an Instagram post of them? Yeah, dude, they're donating furniture for my booth. Right. They were like, we heard you got a booth. W- what do you need? You need sofas, chairs. Because I. So then that actually set up my premise for the booth, which was we'll just make it a casual chat environment a lounge yeah lounge anybody wants to come by and chat we've got the best conversationalists in the world of surfing on the show regularly so listeners come chat with them come chat with dave parmenter come chat with josh martin um so he was like we'll donate this stuff and i'm like perfect dude i would hugely appreciate that anyways sc furniture co in san clemente family-run business since the 50s one of the oldest businesses in san clemente anyway when i went by to check out some furniture last week or two he's like dude Scott was cursing so much on this last show. Oh, I was. Yeah, I apologize. You know what? You should apologize. I am uh, an imperfect spirit in a human experience. But it was out of. You weren't angry. You were excited. It was about Pat Kadowskis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stoked. You're on fire, dude. I was trying. I was trying to meet Pat's level of of his froth in that heat at Bell's. Is he dropping F-bombs in that heat? I don't know, but I just felt like on each turn, he was probably dropping froth bombs. Maybe not F-bombs. Yeah. But I do, I, you know what? I cuss way too much. It's a character defect. I'm certainly not perfect. Um, far from it, as David will tell you, and my wife. And, um, you know, I apologize. I'm trying to not cuss as much, but it's hard. Well, so he, he asked me, the way that he couched it was like, he's like, do you not cuss? And I was like, uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll cuss occasionally. Like, And he's like, well, I've always wondered it because you don't really cuss on air. And then the other episode where Scott was heated, it became like a stark contrast. And I'm like, you know, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I don't think that you cuss excessively on the show at all. But that one episode, maybe you did. Yeah. But um, I was like, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I never really thought about it. But... I generally don't. I mean, I, I guess I don't really get riled up that much is what it is. I well, have a really I even... it's okay to get riled up, but I think that you cussing or me... I think I think cussing is... Um, it's a sign of... Uh, you know, you're, it's a sign of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say stupidity, but it, 
it makes you seem unintelligent when Does you it? cuss. Which makes me seem. It makes people when people cuss too much. Like one or two little sprinkles here or there, very lightly and limited, is I think okay if if the context is appropriate. But I think if you're just dropping f bombs and it's like every other word and you you come I we come off uh, unintelligent. See, I think it serves a place and a purpose. You know, at times, like if you stubbed your toe and let just let it fly yeah that i feel like is very um i don't know it just feels good right. you know you have to get it out it's, it's ca- catharsis you know right. but yeah if i'm having a conversation with you i'll usually try to po- select my words uh thoughtfully which is actually a fault like i think i speak way too slowly at times especially i've listened back to the show i'm like oh my god i'm so annoying to listen to you know and i've had people interrupt me a lot because i think for that reason it's like they're wanting me they're they're expecting a certain cadence and anyway i listened to a really great tedx talk because my problem is i don't listen i'm not a very good listener i need to improve my ability to listen and because you bring up in being interrupted which i will listeners know that's one of my major faults is i interrupt you thinking that what i have to say is so much more important which it never is so I, I listened to this TEDx talk, and I'll have to send it to you. I've got it on my phone. And it was about um, listening. It was about being an effective listener. I think it was called The Ten Keys to Being an Effective Listener. And it's really fascinating. It was done by an NPR talk show host. Um, I can't remember her name. Oh, Terry Gross? No. She does Fresh Air? No, it wasn't mm-hmm. her. Um, it might not be NPR National. It might be NPR sure. lo- locally somewhere. But anyway... I'll send it to you. Maybe we can post it on the spitpodcast.com yeah, website. But I'd be glad to. It's certainly, I I would suggest, you know, nine and a half out of ten of us could listen to this and pick up some really good tools for listening. Yeah. Well, that was a really thorough self-examination we just did there, Scott. <laughs> well, it was like a therapy What the session. hell is this show? Hey, before we continue <clears throat> Oh, no, on. I just cussed as hell a cuss word. <laughs> it's a, yes. It's a borderline. In that case, it was. Yeah. You know. Um, if I said what the hell okay follow up question for the boardroom show okay interviewing Scott Bass today what is the first thing you do on Monday or do you still have responsibility on Monday I do okay Monday is a a load out and unload day what's your first day off after the boardroom show probably officially be Wednesday what's what's what do you do on Wednesday I'll probably try to go surfing um I may try to go golfing um, resume normal life. I actually, this year I don't have time off for a while because what we have to do is we have to pack and ship all the boards that are in the auction because those auction boards go all over the world. And so I have a packing and shipping crew and that takes a couple of weeks to get all the boards out into their final destination. So I kind of monitor that. I will have some time on Wednesday to breathe and kind of go, okay, what's the next, you know, what boards do we need to get out? You know, so there'll be a lot of customer service two weeks after the show getting those surfboards out those auction boards out to the people you know it's a bummer what um i'm just thinking about your responsibilities there like though that's a very important part of the job somebody who paid a lot of money for a board you want to ensure that it gets to them obviously safely and then just gets to them period so you want to oversee that whole process you can't really check out completely on thursday and go on vacation because you got to see that through so what's a bummer is in today's modern world, I'm able to work basically from anywhere, right? I can work on my phone, get up, check some emails, lounge around a bit, eat breakfast, then go to the office, like go on vacation, check email the entire time. 
because I can work from anywhere, I have to work from everywhere. Yes. You, know? you can never fully, it used to be where you could clock out and just go home and completely get checked out, you yeah. know, and enjoy. Now I can never, like I haven't been on a proper vacation where I didn't check in. Digitally like retire yeah. your stuff for two weeks or a week, like. But then you constantly have this, I have a home office, so it's like if I'm sitting on the sofa, I'm glancing into the office like, oh, I should go in there and do some stuff. You can never get reprieve from the anxiety of work. That's what's cool about mental eye boat trips is that you're forced <laughs> to, and you have a great reason. Like yeah. there's no, nobody can call you out. Like, I know you're on vacation, but you've got a hotel room. They have Wi-Fi. You've got to get right. back to me. You won't ever get that because you're on, you know, although I have, I've, numerous boat trips probably seven or six or seven i had i was there working for surfer magazine and i would have a satellite phone and a satellite uplink and i mean i was uploading content to the surfer magazine website from from the middle of the indian ocean so i was Which, working then there's a the upside to that is you wouldn't have been on that boat if right you didn't have no i'm not job. complaining i'm just right saying. so but that's i try to recognize that too it's like well i've been able to go all these amazing places partially because of work and partially because of the freedom that work allows me to but i want to just check out dude i was actually thinking about i'm trying to get down to el salvador the week not the week after the boardroom show but the following week where um, with jesse yeah Fan? yeah did he talk to you yeah are you going i'm not i'm not going when you're going i he hasn't made any official plans he just said hey we need to get you down here let's go together okay because he I don't know if that week's going to work out or Wh not. When are you going? Two weeks. Uh, the week after Mother's Day. But it's not confirmed yet. I probably can't go until late May. All right. Because... I got Paul Simon tickets in late May. Well, I mean, there might be a week, like the 20th to the 30th, 27th or something. Okay. Because he, um, he reached out and I was like, oh, these dates work great for me. And then I didn't hear from him. So I checked in with him again and he's like, I'm still waiting to confirm the dates. So it's not locked in, but dude, that would be the best. That would be awesome. I got to check with the family and all make right. sure it's all good. But all right. Are you bringing the family? Maybe my wife, maybe. I yeah. don't know. That'd be a good she way to go. She wants to go. Well, that would be a good way El to check Salvador's kind of gnarly. Less, it's less killer, gnarly hard, now. It's killer hardcore surf trip, but it's not necessarily one you want to bring your wife to. Right, right, right. But this she, is, she'll just be bored at a hotel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't want it roaming the streets. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't just lose my trip to El Salvador. <laughs> Jesse, it's killer. It's safe, bro. It's all good. Uh, where else, dude? Where uh, could I go for like five days to check out completely? Like that's a... Oh, to check out digitally? I mean, or? not digitally, but just to be able to like uh, surf a lot and relax. Where would be the, the target mission? Mainland Mexico. Really? Oh, for sure. Okay. You, you'll get... As much surf as you can chew off. Okay. Mainland Mexico is killer. Yeah. All right. It's on the State Department list of places not to go, but... Right now it is, right? a few of the states, like Michoacan. Yeah. And Colima. Yeah. Which I is mean, where a bunch of really good waves are. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll maybe consider that. You know what I wanted so to... So, let me, real quick, I'll tell you a quick story. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and his buddy lives down in Cabo, down on the East Cape, and... About a month ago, my buddy was driving on the dirt road to go towards San Jose del Cabo, going up into Cabo, and some Mexican guy stumbles out onto the road. He's bleeding, and he's like putting up stop, stop, stop sign, you know, like stop your car, and he's bleeding all over the place. And my buddy stops, rolls down his window, and the guy's like, 
uh, uh, and he's like totally just like, no, wait, I back up. He's not bleeding yet. He's like freaked out. And so my buddy throws him in his truck and starts driving to San Jose and they get followed by a couple of guys in a truck who stop him. My buddy rolls down his window. One of the guys gets out of the truck with a gun, comes over and just shoots the guy in the passenger seat. Holy shoots the crap. guy that my buddy picked up in the passengers. Bang, 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 bang. Looks at my friend and goes, gringo, you saw nothing and leaves. <laughs> There's so much blood in my buddy's car from this guy. He can't even pull him out of the car. That and is so he's freaked out. He just, he just, he's over it. So the guy he's died. Never going back. The guy oh, yeah, died. The guy was killed right in front of him. What? Yeah. But I bring that up because Michoacan, Colima, the drug situation, these turf wars that are going on, you know, it's not necessarily against gringos, obviously. No, I mean, they could yeah. have killed the gringos. Yeah, yeah. But it's gnarly. That is unbelievable, dude. Yeah. So I remember going down to Baja with my grandparents, and there was a similar situation. This was when I was a kid. Um, just somewhere around TJ, like between the border and like Rosarito. Guy tried to flag us down at night walked into the middle of the street bleeding and like tried to flag us down and my grandparents didn't stop for him because they had heard stories that that's a setup it is they flag you down pretending yeah. they're injured and then carjack you or what or worse you know so it's insane all right man well geez i remember i was in the border i was going leaving coming back from a local trip to northern baja and we're going through, getting close to the border. We're in Tijuana. We're getting ready to go across the border. But we're still a mile or two. But you're starting to get in backed up traffic, right? And this guy comes up to our window. We're stopped. And he comes up to our window and he knocks on the window. He, we roll it down. He's like, oh, man, I need your help. I'm from California. Me and my brother, we've been in Tijuana jail. We just got out. We we need to get across. We can't. We don't have any money for the bus. You know, uh, and we're just like, what? It just seemed like a total scam, you know? We're like, all right. We like, this was 30 years ago. We scrounged enough money together. You know, we were like, whatever, 20-year-olds. We didn't have much money is my point. We scrounged some money. We're like, here, take the bus, you know? He's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We go back down there about a month and a half later. I go, I bet we see that guy do that same thing. Sure enough, the guy, same guy comes up with the same story and we roll down the window like, dude, you told us this a month and a half ago. He's like, boy, we fully caught him Amazing. in his Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, moving on, I wanted to check in with you. You know, I got that Dave Parmenter PSV, that 12-foot power yes, serve vehicle. Yes, that thing looks sick. I rode it for the first time, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about it because I know you've got that 11-foot Mark Andrini glider. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I had we got to ride gliders together. I had so yes. much fun on that thing. It was a complete game changer for me. It opens up a ton of new waves that I could wouldn't normally surf. Yeah, it goes unbelievably fast. It's a completely different experience oh, than yeah. riding other boards. Sure, just yeah. completely. No, it does. It changes your whole perspective. Things get that whole like mentality that I get where it's like, okay, I got to put on my strap on my helmet and go into the the battlefield here you know on a shortboard right. when i'm on a shortboard i sadly i i i get into that state really quick but on a glider it's like pfft, i'm just cruising i have no stress about am i going to catch waves do i have to deal with anybody because the answer is no because i'm going to catch a lot of waves and I, I don't mean that in a selfish way I'll, what's interesting and what i've noticed if i might interrupt myself <laughs> is that that's the first time i know is that uh is that 
when I ride the glider, I'm actually less selfish. I'm way more like, oh, I can catch anything you go. You know, there's another sure. one coming. I mean, I've caught tw- 20 waves already. You know, you're good. Just go. I'm having fun just sitting. Well, and a lot of the waves that you're looking for on the glider are waves that other guys don't even want. Exactly. They don't even paddle for. Exactly. Um, I went faster than I've ever gone. Maybe not ever, but like faster than I've gone in a very, very long time. Yes. The board turns. I mean, it's not like you're doing huge cutbacks, no, 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 no. but it completely is maneuverable, banking off sections, redirecting, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Like it was the most fun ever. So much yeah, fun. Yeah, a new challenge, a new a new totally. way to look at surfing. Anytime you can do that, it, we need that. Surfers need that. You're not going to be a 12-year-old on a 5'10 and be a 65-year-old on a 6'2 and survive without trying other equipment. Longboards, fishes, shortboards, gliders, and now the foil. Right. The foil is kind of the hot new thing, which I'm kind of getting excited about. In fact, we're going to have some foil guys at the show. Um, Jeff and Ryan Hurley got a booth. What? Yeah, West Coast Foil Club, so they'll be there. And um, I know Paisel will have foils in his um, I think Murray's call is going to have foils in his booth. What? Is Paisel uh, coming? Yeah. Cool. I know that XTR and Javier will have uh, a couple of, I think, Tomo. I think Daniel Thompson's making foil boards now. Wow. We might see one of those in Javier's XTR booth. Everybody's getting into the game. It's kind of the new thing, but yeah. it's super, super hard, I've heard. Yeah. Like, way harder than stand-up paddleboarding. Like, the... The incline to success is Learning long curve. and arduous. Yeah. Well, that glider, I there's a wave that's kind of like there's no parking near it, but I see it breaking occasionally. And so Where is it? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the um, test. Surfers are the worst. You just confirmed it. So I always see it, but it's like, dude, I don't want to walk down the beach a mile or whatever. Well, with this, with the glider, it's like, I'll just park a mile away and then just paddle over there. And I did, and it was no problem at all. Surfed completely by myself. The waves are better than where everybody else was surfing near a parking lot. And um, yeah, like I said, got waves that I wouldn't normally paddle for because they were like mushy and long, you know, like a long mushy section where you can't find the speed on a shortboard to like make it, even though it's mushy and slopey. Uh, and then this thing just like goes like a rocket ship. It was just a ton of fun. You know, you bring, you bring up an interesting point, which is you mentioned a parking lot. Yeah. Like, so there's waves near a parking lot. I don't know if you and I have had this conversation, but I wrote a piece at one point a long time ago about what is a surf spot. Like I, I was claiming back then that there are spots that aren't really surf spots. The only reason they're spots is because somebody with you know, Caltrans happened to pave a parking lot there and it became a surf spot because you can park there and paddle out. For instance, Swami's is a surf spot. It's a, it's a headland. Wind and Sea, a surf spot, right? We know that there are spots that are legitimate surf spots, Trestles, San Onofre. There's many spots that are called surf spots, which I'm claiming, yeah, waves break there, but it's not really a surf spot. It's not a spot that you would travel from somewhere. Like if you're in Japan, you're not going, I can't wait to go surf pipes or whatever, you know, or 54th Street in Huntington. Is there such a thing? No. You know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. you're not going, I'm going to go surf Bolsa Chica. Right. You know, you're going, okay, I'll surf the pier. I guess the Huntington Beach Pier is a surf spot only for historical reasons. Yeah. If there wasn't a pier built there, it would just be another long beach break, you know. So... 
Any thoughts on this? I mean, those spots that aren't spots and you, people that claim them as their own. <laughs> I get the point of what you're saying, but by definition, Swami's is a surf spot because people are surfing it. That is no, no, no. But, but there is a parking lot at Swami's, right? But they're what they're. But it it's became, a headland. It's, it became, it's a headland with a, with a right hand reef point. I mean, it's a it, legitimate. Well, it was such a popular surf spot that they put a parking lot there. That's the problem, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're right. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, the surf spot was there before the parking lot. I know that. Well, then it's a surf spot. Yeah, I'm talking about spots that if there wasn't a parking lot there, right, it wouldn't right, be right, a spot. Right, 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 and I'm sure you could come up with one. Oh. 90 percent right? of them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. i don't even know the point of this conversation like what we're trying to point out but well it reminds me of i watched i don't know if you saw this this was actually in my show notes um red bull and stab did this video feature collaboration called no contest i think they've done three of them i think this was the third one but it's everything that takes place around the uh, wsl events so the episode i watched episode three was in west oz and Jay Davies, the through line throughout this 12-minute mini documentary is Jay Davies driving around in his Land Cruiser, taking them to spots, talking about the shark incidences, all that sort of stuff. This is my local coffee shop. This is where I go get food after I surf. And um, there's no parking lots there. I mean, there's very few parking lots. And in between the very few parking lots, there's 100 potential surf spots if you have the Land Cruiser and you can just off-road it, you know, and get through the co- like whatever what um, is it like sand dunes or is it no it's not it, i mean it's dirt it doable? roads it's dirt roads oh, okay. yeah i mean it's west oz you're familiar killer. with the landscape it's super killer they scored unbelievably good waves with nobody around as i guess you do in west oz pretty regularly there's a was real it that right that broke really close to the sand no but oh. that was sick too. yeah that was sick. that what was, was that unbelievable footage? that's my musty moment I forget. that was my musty moment a week right. or two ago right. it was the that was because of the cyclone though that spot doesn't break oh, that right. often that was a cyclone thing yeah. But anyway, this series that Red Bull and Stab's doing, it's called No Contest. It's exactly what you and I have been asking for. It's all of the cultural context of the region, all of the um, great surfing that happens around the event. They make reference to the event, but they don't show any footage from the event. They actually interview Jordy Smith, Sage Erickson, like all the people surfing in the event about to get their take on like, why did they have a lay day today? Why did they cancel the event? So it's kind of like Peter King's tour notes. Right better better produced because it's red bull and, and it's more more than just one guy i mean peter does a great job but he's kind of a correct. one-man band yeah it is what it is i yeah. love tour notes this is much richer right. better production value and edited you know with two or three weeks kind of post-production work right. into it and uh and red bull behind it yeah and then more storyline developed too like with the jay davies as the recurring kind of theme mm-hmm. it was it was amazing but it made me realize what you're talking about there's no it's pretty remote and um there's no parking there's not a lot of parking lots there's not a lot of like man-made man-made influence on any of those waves yeah and because of that though there's a lot of sharks well sharks are a real threat the sharks especially now right like there have been more shark attacks or no, mm-hmm. more shark sightings. Did you hear about Mitch Thorson and, and what happened? I'm sure. It was, in fact, it was all over the internet. You didn't I, hear about it? No. Okay, so a couple of days ago at Main Break at Margaret's, it was as big and perfect as it ever gets. Like Hawaiian 15, groomed offshore, blue, sunny, like like a dream day. Like sunset, be- you know, like Hawaii when it's just absolutely gorgeous. But massive, massive, massive swell. Absolutely, like all the big wave chargers. It was like a day of days. And... Mitch Thorson 
drove up in a hurry to get out into the surf, you know, around midday after work or whatever, and there's nobody out. And he's hearing in the parking lot that there was some a sh- a one or two, or no, one huge great white that swam right through the lineup. And he was kind of like, well, that doesn't usually stop these guys, you know, like these guys that would be out this day, a shark's like, all right, you know, it's past, let's go back out. Yeah. And there's some one hardcore local guy that Mitch Thorson knows who's just like the uber waterman guy that would like wrestle a great white and stay out in the water just to surf just like super crusty and salty and hardcore and he saw him and the guy's like nah mate i'm not going out there (laughs) this shark apparently was just massive like 25 30 feet long and was just cruising through a school of salmon and just and it was on one of these mad tears and he i think the way that they sort of characterized it is when you're in a chicken coop and all the chickens are just chill and everyone's chilling and you're hanging out with the chickens in the chicken coop and somebody comes in and throws chicken feet on the ground and the chickens just hit it and go crazy right that's what it was like out in the water with a 30 foot great white shark with a salmon run right through the main peak and just it was just like there's no controlling this thing like it had a it was going to if it hit you it wasn't because it was trying it's just because it was hitting everything you know what i mean like it was just going Anyways, that happened just maybe a week ago, five days ago. Something right. Like that. I heard that they did. I heard about that uh, day of them kind of shutting it down, but I didn't know that was the story behind it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, there's times where it's safe to be around the shark or it doesn't feel like a threat. But if you get the inkling that it's a threat, trust your instinct. You know what I mean? Or trust that guy's instinct. Yeah, exactly. That was the, the sort of the theme, the, you know, the main characteristic of the story was if that guy over there is not going to be out there, yeah. I'm not going to go out. Have you seen sharks while surfing? I've this no. The short answer is no. The only time I've seen sharks was little teeny like those little black or white tip reef sharks that are maybe you know two or three feet long that are real narrow and skinny. I've seen those in Fiji at cloud break, but um, I think I've told you this story. We were we were in a boat out at cloud break it was an off day it was 2000 the year of the quicksilver pro in 2000 and there was a crew of us in the boat and guys were guys we had fishing poles but guys wanted to dive and, and they had their hawaiian slings and they were spearing fish so we were looking for for bait balls of porpoise on the top layer because underneath those are going to be tuna or is it the other way around anyway so we see a bait ball and we run up to it and these guys get their masks and their gear on and they jump over and as soon as they jump over, the two guys immediately just jumped right back into the boat. They're like, dude, you wouldn't believe the sandwich of fish. It was porpoise, tuna, and then the gnarliest school of bull sharks, which are the, you know, the scariest, like one of the most aggressive sharks. It was just like this layer, of a sandwich of different fish species, and the bull sharks were just on the attack. So these guys jumped over and jumped back into the boat in like four seconds wow and then they took their camera and they put it underwater and they kind of held their camera under there to try to capture what it is that they were had just witnessed crazy yeah i surfed on the way back from the wave pool in uh november i stopped in santa barbara and surfed with a listener of the show actually and uh saw a few sharks in the lineup that day which i i can't really remember seeing sharks like definitively before but thankfully, before we paddled out, he mentioned, he's like, oh, yeah, in the cove, you'll sometimes see, I don't even know what type of sharks they were, but he's like, don't worry about it. You know, at they're Rincon? not a threat. No, not at Rincon. 
Um, and then sure enough, in the cove, like kind of where you paddle out, but before you get out to where the waves are breaking, yeah. sure enough, saw like probably two or three of them just cruising around on the inside. And you felt good. You are like, whatever. No, I was freaked, but uh-huh. Heath said it was okay. So I like tried to mentally accept that it was okay. <laughs> but still in my mind, I was very creeped out. Yeah. But there's a lot of people in the water and nobody was getting tagged. So, Well, there's been shark sightings in San Diego County last week. There was a big rumor that at Ponto, there was a couple of sharks at Ponto. And I don't know if that's a bunch of surfers just making butt. Right. Because they don't want anyone to surf at Ponto. Yeah, exactly. Because I didn't hear it. But I heard that there were signs posted and then there weren't signs. And anyway. Speaking of Mitch Thorson, um, he factors into a story I have in my notes. I've been kind of exploring fin design, right? In the last, I don't know, a few months or something. Um, I'm really overwhelmed by it. Like, I don't, I still don't really fully understand what cant does and rake does and foil does, you know? And I try a bunch of different fins. And what I've been doing previously was get a board and then try that board with different styles of fins. Well, now what I've been doing is taking one set of fins and trying it on different boards to see if I can kind of figure out what's what. But Mitch Thorson is an investor in this company. Uh, Listeners sent me this link to this new brand called Quoba Fins. Have you seen this? No, I don't think so. Brand new fin coming out of Australia. The name Quoba, Q-U-O-B-B-A, comes from an aboriginal word meaning first or best. And the idea is uh, the fin is... it's looks completely unique to any other fins that we're used to it's basically modeled after the fastest fish in the ocean it's taken 38 years or to more design this <laughs> and 2.5 million dollars to develop oh i'm not sure how they came up with these numbers like this is when the guy first started thinking about fins in yeah, his childhood i think you know? that's what it is and 2.5 million over 38 years isn't very much money well like what he bought is that include every set of fins he ever purchased in his life you know <laughs> Um, so Mr. Miller, 61, said he started thinking about the design of fins in the early 20s. Uh, he just wanted to go faster. But what it's doing, what this design is doing is creating a low-pressure system around the base of the fin. So the base of the fin, where it like connects to the board, is at its thinnest point. And then it gets widest right after the base and then tucks in tight again to the body of the fin. Um, and it creates a low-pressure system around that base right where it connects to the surfboard so the faster the water is moving around the fin the lower the pressure becomes like a low pressure system so um they've sourced basically new polymer from switzerland they got this designer from rolls royce they've spent a couple of years and they found a company in china who's able to produce the fins so quoba fins i'll post images of it on spitpodcast.com they're really interesting to look at they're not available to the public yet but it made me realize i think that we can have a seismic shift in fin design like fins have been pretty similarly designed for the last 50 plus years i think we could have a seismic shift with something like this you know that would kind of revolutionize things that i think would add a lot of flexibility allow you to go fast straight and also turn on a dime and everything if the design allowed for it but 2.5 million dollars yeah. over 38 years he just ran the numbers he spent sixty five thousand, sixty six thousand dollars a year for 38 years no chance if he yeah i mean if it took 38 years and 2.5 million that's that was it 
That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I don't believe those numbers can be correct. No, well, I mean, you can't. Obviously, we're just having fun with it. I'm sure he's invested a lot of money recently, so. Yeah, but still, that's a Quoba. ton of money. Anyway. It's interesting. Fins, uh, you know, we talked about it before. It's not something that surfers, look, 90% of the surfers in the water can barely do a bottom turn. When you really think about it, are they, are they skilled enough to put another set of fins in and go, oh, yeah, I noticed a difference? No. That's why wave storms are taken off. That's a good point. But I would argue oftentimes you're limited by your fins. You For know, sure. I've had boards that I felt like weren't good, and then I swap out the fins, and I'm like, oh, I needed a bigger set of fins. Absolutely. That if I it. would have only swapped out fins more right. often, you know, I you'll need to discount. swap out fins right now. Fins are way more important than any other part of the board. You'll discount a board. You'll be like, that board yeah. sucks, and exactly. it's not the board's fault. Exactly. So that's a problem. I know, and, and I think I'm a shining example. I bet if you asked, if you walked up to 10 guys in the parking lot and go, when was the last time you changed fins? None of them have ever changed their fins. Yeah. They just took the fins that the board came with or that they found in their garage, plugged them in there and went, oh, board works pretty good. So then that makes me question glass on fins. Because what if you get a board with glass ons and they're not ideal for you? Yeah. You know, glass ons, you know, when you think about the single fin days before, but they were doing a lot of Bane boxes with single fins, so you could move the single fin box around. Now, tri-fins, the fin was the fin placement's always been the same. That's why the boxes are static. You know, yeah. you don't move the box up and right. down. And so the fin template was pretty much a generic fin template, right. and it and it worked. It worked for Simon, so everyone's like, hey, look, this is let's we can tweak the fin a little bit, but glass-ons are glass-ons, and I mean, those tri-fins worked great. I, yeah. my, my best boards have glass. My best tri-fins. Yeah. I have a Christensen now that has glass on fins. And that thing is just one of those go-to boards that I, you know, guaranteed you can first wave. If you haven't read it in six months, first wave, you feel comfortable. Which board is it? It's like a what's... Dauntless. The model's called the Dauntless. I don't even know if he makes it anymore. This board that I have is like yellow and dinged. And like what size? What it's design? It's a 6.6 tri-fin okay. uh, pintail, okay. you know, for like a step up for like blacks or something, okay. you know, for good solid waves. And it's a killer board. I mean, I, I, it's one board I'll never get rid of. I'd like to replace it, but he doesn't seem to have anything like that when I go into his warehouse. He's... They're, everyone's constantly trying to change designs and play keeping up with the Joneses and totally they have good designs already yeah I hear you well Scott what do you want to talk about now that we're 45 minutes into the show well let me bring this up I'm going to read this story I think this is pretty fascinating on a Wednesday afternoon in a sprawling parking lot on a formal naval air station in Alameda California across the bay from San Francisco's there are workers welding a massive black tube together, David. The tube, roughly the length of a football field, 100 yards, is one piece of a larger system that will set sail for the Great Pacific Garbage Patch this summer, where it will begin collecting some of the 1.8 million trillion, excuse me, 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic trash brought there by ocean currents. Six years ago, the technology was only an idea presented at a TEDx talk. Boyan Slat, the 18-year-old presenter, had learned that cleaning up tiny particles of plastic in the ocean could take nearly 80,000 years. Jeez. 
because of the volume of plastic spread through the water and because it is constantly moving with currents, trying to chase it with nets would be a losing proposition. Slat instead proposed using that movement as an advantage. With a barrier in the water, he argued, the swirling plastic could be collected much more quickly. Then it could be pulled out of the water and recycled. Some scientists have been skeptical that this idea is even feasible, but Slat, undeterred, dropped out of his first year of university per to pursue the concept and founded a nonprofit to create the technology, the Ocean Cleanup, in 2013. The organization raised $2.2 million in crowdfunding and other investors, including Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff brought in millions more to fund research and development. By the end of 2018, the nonprofit says it will bring back its first harvest of ocean plastic from the North Pacific Gyre, along with concrete proof that the design works. The organization expects to bring 5,000 kilograms of plastic ashore per month with its first system. With a full fleet of systems deployed, it believes that it can collect half of the plastic trash in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, around 40,000 metric tons. And he can do this within five years. Wow. The system uses a giant floating tube. The first one will be 2,000 feet long, made of durable plastic called HDPE, which can float in the water, flexible enough to bend th around waves, but rigid enough to form a U-shaped barrier to stop the plastic floating on the ocean surface. A strong nylon screen attached underneath will catch some of the plastic below the surface, but because it isn't a net, won't catch marine life. Large anchors floating in the still water hundreds of feet below the surface will keep steady the device so it moves with the currents more slowly than the plastic does, making it possible to scoop up the plastic that's collected. I'll end with this, David. Yeah. In a few weeks, the first piece of technology, the length of a football field, will be towed. It'll go out of San Francisco Bay along the coast of the Farallon Islands. Maybe it'll get some great whites. Where the team will test how the system holds up to towing. To make it to the Pacific Garbage Patch, the equipment will need to be towed for three weeks just to get there. Jeez. After the local tow test, the engineers will bring the first section back and connect the rest to form a total of 2,000 feet of piping, slightly longer than the Sears Tower is tall. This man, Byron Slat. 18 years old five years ago, now 23, is my hero. This is the kind of guy that I, we need Kelly Slater to, to pump out there on his Instagram. This is the kind of guy we all need to get around and go, you know what? This guy's a hero. We need heroes, especially in, in the ocean world, in the surf world, in the water, in the ocean conservation world. This guy is my Duke Hanamoko. He's incredible. I was just going to say... You neglect to do a duke or kook every week, but you have them embedded in your notes. You just need to assign them. This guy's my duke this is for the, the duke, year. For sure. For the month. For sure. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Can you, first of all, I am blown away at people's... um, mental ability or just like imagination to scale things like i couldn't ever think to build something that giant my brain doesn't work that big you know it's like that is so impressive i well, didn't know you I, I edited that this big. article this article was much deeper sure. but i didn't want to bore the crap but out even of even like saying 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic it's like how do you count that number first of all my brain Uh, You know, like, I don't know how they come up with that, but I assume that they're correct in their estimation, but my brain doesn't even know how to compute that number, nor how to begin to then solve the problem. So to be able to then engineer something that also floats, by the way, is insanity. Well, he, look, there was a, there still are a lot of naysayers around this technology, and Boy and Slat said something interesting in the article, which is, there's so many of these guys try to start with something small and scale it up. And he goes, the key to something like a big project like this is to start really, really big, and then start to eliminate the problems from the top yeah. down rather than the top up. So he's looking at it from a 180 degree perspective. He's totally changed the way that um, you know a lot of people are looking at this problem. A lot of people are just like, it's it's over. It's too late. We can't do it. And not. Boyan realizes that hey, we have to stop producing plastic plastics being produced at such a rate that you know and this is just part of the solution but it's a big part and you know this is the kind of thing that will raise awareness so that we're not producing as much plastic in the future the people who say that um it's too late and we can't fix the problem i think are traditionalists who don't understand the power of technology and the power the way things are moving forward in the future like i actually feel very optimistic that we can solve a lot of the environmental crises and problems that we've created as humans with technology that is going to be invented in the future that may not even be available now. You know what I mean? Reduce global warming, all that sort of stuff. Collect all the trash in the ocean, provide sustainable energy sources. When you got guys like that and people, even the guy, people who invented Instagram, people who invented all these things that you just never would have imagined even five years ago. Like Tesla. Things grow at an exponential rate now like they never have in the past. So I fully believe that things can get fixed. But you're right. When you talk about working from the top down, when you listen to people like um, Tim Ferriss, the guys that he interviews on the podcast, tech industry guys, they talk about 10x thinking. All Most companies, regardless of industry, are trying to beat each other by 10%. So they're making these small incremental changes, but therefore they're always competing against one another. What you need to look at doing is, I want to grow my business times 10 this year. Not 10%, I want to grow it tenfold. So once you start doing that, what ends up happening is you don't hit your goal, but you fa- you land somewhere short of your goal, which was ahead of the 10% increase, you know? And then what also happens is you're no longer competing with your competition. You're now competing in a realm that nobody else is even in. 
And then additionally, you're just thinking more creatively than they're thinking. You know what I mean? So that's how you want to kind of look at things. When we want to grow this podcast, we shouldn't be like, how do we get more listeners next week? We should be like, how do we have as many listeners as This American Life or something like that? Yeah, you know? I like in I that, love that. In that way, we would stop talking about stories in Southern California. We would start talking about global things. We would start talking about climate change. We would start, you know what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what you're doing now, because that appeals to non-surfers. If we're just trying to grow 10%, we're only going to ever appeal to people who are actually going in the water and surfing. We could be appealing to the vast majority of people who care about the environment or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's the thing about the environment, and I've told you this before, and it was sort of uh, in the editorial, um, you know, meetings that we'd have at Surfer, it'd be like, how come we don't do more environmental stories? And they're just not sexy. They're boring. They're hard to make sexy. Environmental stories generally don't sell to the masses. Yeah. They sell to people like you and I and to the, the listeners that are interested in the story because we're already interested in it. So the thing that's cool about TEDx talks or TED talks in general is that for whatever reason, they're sort of boiled down concepts and they're short yeah. and they, they make Bite them size. sexy. There's something about just seeing a TED talk that makes me go, you know what, I will listen to this environmental thing where normally... I might not because I'm like, oh, God, some scientist is just going to droll on in academia forever, you know, right. in academic speak and just be like, you know, and start talking to me about percentages of chloroform and stuff. And you've lost me, right. you know, and sadly, you know, look, we can we can boil down and, um, you know, we can drill down for the real geeks that want to know about it. We can do that later. But let's get people to bite the hook first. Yeah. And stories like this are going to and are going to have people biting the hook. And I'm sure that this guy is on Kelly Slater's radar already. Um, and I hope that he reemerges. And I hope that Kelly uses his platform as sort of an environmentalist to um, push this forward. And, and in fact, the guys at Patagonia, all the guys in our space that are, that are sincerely thinking about uh, sustainability, I'd love to see them push this out yeah. on their Instagram. It's interesting. This is happening this summer. You know, like yeah, this, yeah. this should be a pretty big story. In fact, you and I should probably try to follow up on it okay i'm gonna put that on you thanks david <laughs> i was just gonna put it on you um i need a system that, again as this podcast grows whatever i'm constantly trying to refine my practices and put systems in place so that we don't forget to do stuff like that you know like create a little notes tab that's like these are the things i need to check in with quarterly you know, because stuff gets away from us yes. as new stories come online. Um, but you're right. The environmental thing not being sexy is an interesting thing to discuss. I don't know if it's just been packaged not sexy. That's what it is. I, I, but I think that there is a sexy way to tell these stories. You I know? agree. Um, Through good journalism, like the one I just read, which I didn't credit. I don't. It came from, I think it came from Bloomberg News. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think Patagonia, the aforementioned Patagonia, does a good job of, I wouldn't call it sec making the environmental things sexy, but they do a good job of making it engaging and making me want to watch. And that actually, I don't mean to skip ahead, but um, they are my Duke for this, my Duke of the Week for this film they put out called uh, Nevertown. Did you watch it? No. 30-minute short kind of semi- um, surf film semi-conservation film but it is exactly that it's like it made it they're just basically 
It's a rallying cry for surfers and local communities to stand together to protect wild spaces around them is essentially what it is. It's not about a specific thing that's happening somewhere. It's just a general thing of like anything around you, anything in your community that you can work towards. If we all do that, I've got a lagoon in my community. You've probably got a jack in the box that you want to save at the Huntington Beach Pier. I want to um, reduce their waste in the Bolsa Chica wetlands. The jack in the box waste? Yes. Okay, good. I don't know. I'm that's, just coming up with it off the top of my head. Anyway, you're right. I, I don't mean to make light of it, but you're that's that's true, right? Like, yeah. let's just make a difference on a local level. Yeah, totally. And so this, they do tell a small story in New Zealand, and um, a couple of small stories along the way. But the film features Dave Rostovich, Wayne Lich, Belinda Bags, Dan Ross, and Heath Josky, and um, they're talking about movements that they've been involved with. They're showing you kind of deforestation in South Australia, but then there's tons of great surf footage throughout it. So it's like they did a great job of marrying the two things without making it too preachy, without making it too surfy. I feel like I could send it to people who don't even surf and they'd watch it. But additionally, the surf footage is unreal. Dave Rostovich is writing a bunch of the Gary McNeil boards. Oh, I did hear about this. I was talking to Gary and and um, Franco about this. He's writing a bunch of those boards That's, you've been talking about. Yeah, I know. And those boards are coming to the boardroom. In fact, I have two of them coming to me. They look so killer. Dude. I know. I'm super stoked. You've, yeah, you've so, written them. I know, and I'm going to have two more. Yeah. I mean, I hate to sound like, look at me, but I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, new, never. Maybe I will sell you one of them. Sell me? Yeah. We're buddies, dude. Hook right. I'll give you a great buddy deal. Shh. I want to. I want the loaner deal where I borrow it for like six months and then <laughs> give it back. <laughs> um, so Nevertown is that Never the name Town. of that film, and I'll put it on spitpodcast.com. I, I want to watch that again. Thirty minutes. I took like three days to kind of get through it. Ten minutes at a time while I'm eating lunch. But um, yeah, spitpodcast.com. You can find that. Um, Did you watch Homeland? The the TV show? Yeah. No. Oh. The fun alley was. No. No. Mm. Tatiana Weston Webb, speaking of blonde spies that work for the CIA. Tatiana Weston <laughs> Webb. That was quite the segue. Yeah, that was a non sequitur and a segue all in one. Uh, she's going to represent Brazil on the WSL Championship Tour. I did not know that her mother is mm-hmm. Brazilian. I think she was a pro bodyboarder. Now, I told you that this was going to happen. Yeah. And I think, and I'm okay with it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you're seeing people that aren't going to be able to qualify for the USA team finding, looking back in their genealogy. And I don't know how many generations you're allowed to go back. Tatiana certainly is, you know, just her mother's Brazilian, so it makes tons of sense. And with Kanoa, both parents Japanese. Kanoa um, was born in Japan. We're going to, and so is Tatiana. Tatiana was born in Brazil. Um, the problem that with Tatiana's strategy is. Brazil is ripe with talent too. She's competing against the best of the best there. I know. You got to pick a country where there's no, no but surfers. If, if you're on the WSL, you, the, it's the top two competitors from the WSL. Oh, right, right. So right, no matter right. what, if you're in the on the CT for the women, and there's only two of you from that nation state, you're in the Olympics. So it's her and Silvana Lima. It's her and Silvana Lima. Got it. Unless they don't qual- requalify in 2019. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Founders Cup. Do we want to ignore it completely? No, you're going to be able to watch it on the big screen at the boardroom show. All right, good. Because that's the second most important contest happening this weekend. Right, the second most important. It's actually the third because there will be the best in show competition presented by Zio Baffa Wines at the boardroom show. So all the top board manufacturers are entering boards 
in the best in show competition and it's this year where the theme i should say is color work i.e either resin color or airbrush work um so we're highlighting the artistry of uh, color on surfboards for best in show so that's the second most important competition so we got icons of foam most important best in show second most important competition founders cup well then there's the kentucky derby is that you, happening this week you can also see that at the fairgrounds uh during my show yeah so, that'd be number three for sure yeah the kentucky, i mean that's yeah that's kind of a no-brainer i mean no-brainer kentucky derby founders cup you know totally should so, we get dressed up kentucky derby style for the boardroom abs- show? absolutely All right. yes i have Mint to pull out my juleps. hats right and then fourth Fourth, I guess, is Founders Cup, unless there's something else to, that we're forgetting. I'll have to check ESPN. There might be, there might be like there a might curling. Be I think Sweden plays Norway in curling. If, and that's a big one. That's going to be a big one. So, And that's on NBC. So Okay. So it might be fifth. If the film Kingpin is on deep cable this weekend, that would be number six. Absolutely. I love that movie. That might even be above Best in Show. Yeah. Kingpin. And it's about bowling, which is a competition. Right. Uh, so one of Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray's greatest roles. Super good. So then number seven, Founders Cup? Seven, I think, yeah, except there is next door to our thing is the Tiddlywinks. There's a Tiddlywinks deal. I yeah, forgot about that. Winks, which is coming back into um, into our culture. Uh, what about Tiddlywinks Championship? And then I always like to scroll Instagram. Of course. That occupies, so that'll be number eight. It's Instagram scrolling number eight. Instagram scrolling transcends all of those things that we mentioned. It's sort of above it all. Like yeah. It's above the fray almost. So WSL Founders Cup, number nine most important thing on right the Right around weekend? nine, yeah. It, and it's important. Top ten? Top ten. It's, it's a top the, ten. It's in the top ten. Congratulations, WSL. Yeah. Founders, Founders Cup. Cup. Yeah. Well, the updated wave looks insane. Yes. Did you notice the wave looks Look, different? Quite frankly, I'm pretty excited about watching what happens. I, I must admit, after although you're we make scrolling Instagram. after yeah after when I have time after number eight, but yeah. but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And Dave Prodan did finally reach out to me. Oh, did he? Yeah, about he ignored what? me for like a month and a half. Right, and he just said, "Hey, sorry for ignoring you." And then he continued to ignore me. <laughs> I sent him an email with a question. And, he didn't reply back. That's weird. He's been texting me every day. Oh, wow. He's yeah. fully big league in there. <laughs> I feel so much less uh, than. By the way, I freaking ruined my phone this weekend. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Did you drop in a toilet? Kind of. It wasn't were, a toilet, were, but were it you, got wet. You, uh, wow. But you won't say how? I'm interested to it's know. It's embarrassing. Dude, I'll tell you jelly all over the phone? <laughs> Dropped it in my drum of KY that I keep. <laughs> wow. Um, so. of it. Well, how else would it get wet? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you squirted KY on it. So, well, it laying next to you. Yeah, while you're filming your actions, you might. Right. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> no. Yes. But getting a new phone, by the way. Right. You got a new phone. I lost all my text messages. The texts don't repopulate on your new phone, even though I have it linked with my iMessage on my computer. Hmm. You would think they would all just populate. They don't. So I lost a bunch of text messages. If anybody texted me this past Saturday and I didn't reply, that would be why. Um, anyway, Dave Prodan, WSL, what were we talking about? Oh, the Founders Cup. The wave. So the wave itself, Griffin Colapinto was on a wave. Yes. The thing spit a little bit. The wave, the barrel just looks... Well, it's super glassy up there, all the stuff they've been showing. We saw a windy day, too. Kelly was surfing a day that was windy, which I had never seen before. Huh. Like, the wave looks like windy. it's changed a lot. 
I, it's changed. As I mentioned, I, I've, I've got a friend who's pretty connected to the whole deal, and they told me they were testing the wave to much more water in the pool. Oh, okay. So I don't know how much more that means. That might mean a tenth more. It doesn't. I don't think it takes too much more water in the pool to, yeah. to make the wave jump up in size. I don't know any of the engineering facts or feats. You know, I don't know what that means to how long it takes for the water to settle after a wave breaks. That would be the one thing. that If they could figure that out, that'd be amazing. By the way, speaking of waves, I heard that the Wave Garden in Waco, Texas, they're doing testing on it, and it's mind-blowing. Killer. Like KS Wave Pool killer? I I haven't seen pictures. I'm just hearing telling you what I'm hearing secondhand. Okay. Right. The guys are pros are out there testing it, and they're getting killer barrels. Wow! And there's lots of waves all the time, like that wave garden. Yeah. Um, the cove technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I didn't mean to no. throw a crazy non sequitur in there, but I just heard. I just wanted to remind you that I heard that it's it's looking, and I think American Wave Machines built is the. Okay. Is the person that built that one? Well, this company, the company. I have a couple of thoughts for you. American questions. Wave Machines. That's what it's called. Yeah. A couple questions for you AWM. regarding the Founders Cup. Yes. Which team will win? There's five teams. I'll tell you the surfers on each team if you yeah, want to. Please do. Reminder. Please do because I've been thinking about this. Australia consists of Stephanie Gilmore, Mick Fanning, Joel Parkinson, Matt Wilkinson, Tyler Wright. Okay. Brazil, Gabriel Medina, Felipe Toledo, Adriano de Souza, Silvana Lima, and Tina Hinkle. Europe. Joanne DeFay, Jeremy Flores, Frederico Moraes, Leonardo Fioravanti, Frankie Herrer. Europe loses. Go ahead. Agreed. Europe is last place in my Okay, go ahead. USA, Kelly Slater, John John Florence, Chloe Andino, Carissa Moore, Lakey Peterson. World team, Jordy Smith, Kanoe Garashi, Michelle Berez, Paige Harib, and Bianca Butendog. I think... It's kind of a hard call. I think that factoring in the fact that it's in the pool, Kelly's pool. I think and that the, the USA wins. Me too. I've seen what it, it what it to me what it comes down to because I've been thinking about what it's going to take to win this thing. It's not going to take good surfing on the wave. Everyone's going to surf good on the wave. It's okay. going to take the air game. The it's going to take not falling, doing really critical shit outside of the wave face, high performance aerials, and not falling. That's what's going to win this. If we look back to even the test run they did, Felipe won it, right? Or uh, I think Felipe won. I think Felipe Gabe, did the most crazy Gabe, ass thing. Gabe and Carissa won it. Okay, but I guess what I'm getting at is. What sticks but, out to me is the way Felipe yeah. caught. Felipe got the most memorable way. Yeah, the and that's you. what it's going to take yeah. to win this thing because that's going to go down. And so then it's like, okay, who doesn't fall when they're trying to perform that crazy maneuver? And well, then by by Brazil, that standard, then why do you think the U.S. because of the because of the Brazil team lacks in their women's side? That is Silvana's insane, but the other woman I've never even heard of. I have no idea who she me, is. Me neither. So Silvana though falls all the time. That is yeah, her she's, crux. Is she's she gonna falls. if it turns if it's air game for men, it's gonna be air game for women, and Silvana's gonna be pulling it off if she pulls it. But like, again, they, Lakey and Carissa could do airs. Yeah, I'm not doubting that, but not like the way she does it. I, I do. Don't think. I think so. Okay, well we'll see, and that's what makes it worth watching. Well, so while it looks like Gabriel Medina and Felipe are huge assets for them, I think you got to look at who is going to be the weak link. And so they've got a female I we've agree. never heard of. Silvana falls all the time. Adriano de Souza, I don't think that he's going to stand out in the wave. No, pool. I don't either. He's a grinder, but yeah. he's not going to like no, that. You the, need, you when need you finesse at, and flash. When you look at Adriano versus Mick or Joel. It's going to be 
completely different, like totally super contrasting. Totally agree. So I think Felipe and Gabe might produce the most memorable highlights from the weekend, yep. but the team itself isn't strong enough. When you look at Team USA, there's no weak link. Kelly Slater owns the pool, literally. We've never been able to say that about a surf spot before. John John Florence, obviously his stuff was memorable from when he surfed it at the Founders Cup or the free surfs before it. Kaloe, the wave suits him perfectly. Carissa and Lakey suits them perfectly and they have memorable clips from it. So I think it's really a USA versus Australia event. Stephanie Gilmore looked flawless at the pool. Gabe, or I'm sorry, Mick looked amazing. Joel looked amazing. Wilco, I don't really remember. Tyler could surf it really well. but I don't think Tyler. Tyler sort of reminds me of Adriano. She's got kind of a kind of a broody style when you look at the girls the one that everyone's like oh my god steph gilmore's got this wave wired steph gilmore's insane but the reason why is because she gets tubed and she stays in the barrel and i think that this everyone's going to get tubed like this isn't going to be about the tube i don't think i think it does i think it is about the tube but you then count you gotta come nanoseconds and you got to come out and do something yeah of course so but i i really think that look you have to get a deep tube to even have a chance but i think it's going to come down to you know like the end section yeah. you know can you make the west bowl of chopu you know it's yeah. going to be about the big aerial at the end or, or or maybe it gets to a place where it's like who can to me it's going to be like roll the dice who can do the craziest biggest maneuver at the beginning of the wave if before you, before it kicks you, in. yeah before you know like if you, then you're showing commitment right if this is about commitment then i That'd need to see a big right. aerial on the first turn pull into the barrel, come out, do a big hack, pull into the barrel again, and do another huge barrel to finish the thing and like Griff, claim it like a Griff Brazilian. Griff Colapento's uh, free, free surf clip. That was crazy looking. The blow tail into reverse, and he's riding backwards. Into and then, the tube. Right into the tube. That's yeah. going to... That's, that's, that's we're going to see that. About. We're going to see so some... So if somebody's willing to risk their one wave right. with that turn... Now, I think you're 50% right about the being the, the big maneuver being the important thing. The other huge factor here is just going to be flow. Like, the way that Kelly has that wave wired and the way that he, the flow from the very first kind of pump to the finish pump is gnarly. It's super gnarly. When you, Mick and Joel's footage from previous, you know, visits, it had that flow. I think that's going to be important. I agree with you. And, and you and I have ridden this wave and... One thing I know about this wave is that from the first turn, I felt like I was, if I was in flow from the first turn, everything was golden. True. But there was waves backside and frontside where if I didn't, if I wasn't, my feet weren't correct, if I didn't have the initial turn and I didn't feel comfortable on the wave, it took me half the wave to get myself um, acclimated to that particular wave. And, but look, we're, we got professionals here. These guys are going to be in flow. If they're not in flow, from the get-go they're in deep trouble you've got to be you got to figure at this level if they're not in flow if they're not flowing through it now i agree it's difficult it's it's not but they're all practicing right now except as much as they want to practice nobody has more practice than kelly kelly has an insane home court advantage there's no doubt there's no i mean it's it's really unfair yeah i mean you could say that that it really is i'm for it because i love kelly i mean you could say the same thing about john john at pipe no you can't it's not comparable. There's never been a situation that was this comparable. I, he I'm has not saying the keys it's comparable, to the place. but no, you're right. But when, whenever pipe's perfect, John John's out there and he's getting his waves. But he's battling with everybody I'm else. I'm doubting that. I'm just saying that John John knows pipe. But John John can't shut it down and lock everybody else out and turn no, it on you're right. full blast you're right. You're right. and go practice. You're right. Dial up There's, the set. We've waves. never seen this before. There's no doubt. We don't know. Kelly's probably got lights on. He's probably doing it at night by himself. 
I, I mean surfing. I'm, and I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we all do it by ourselves, Scott. <laughs> Not with the lights on. Funny thing is, he doesn't feel shame afterwards no when guilt. he gets out. Yeah. No guilt. Not no remorse. Yeah, there's no no refractory. He just gets right back out right, there there's and no does dropping it again. your phone into the ky jelly drum <laughs> um but i'm all for it like i'm okay with kelly having home court advantage because he spent 10 years and millions and millions of dollars to have that and the fact that he's even letting other people write it is generous you know like so i'm not against it but it, i'm just acknowledging i don't know if it's generous it's super generous are you kidding no that's part of the business plan i don't think he went i'm going to be this altruistic surfer and just let everyone surf it he's paying you gotta pay to go there man kelly could have yeah he could have but it's no, stupid no, no. business if he could have not made it a business he could have just invented the thing and had it for himself he to does surf all he day, has the day. best of both worlds he can close it down anytime he wants and surf it and then charge money i'm saying if he was super selfish he could have done the scrooge mcduck thing build yourself your own pool that's just not good for the brand that's not good for the kelly slater brand he wouldn't have had to tell anybody he could have just kept it to himself that's not gonna happen Clearly, he's making a business out of it, but I am saying it's nice of him to let all of us randos. I agree. I'm super thankful. Yeah. I mean, I sent him cookies. He didn't send Kelly directly cookies. I sent the Kelly Slater Wave Company in Solana Beach cookies, and you sent him wine. Yeah, I did. Anything to get reinvited re <laughs> back still, to that Still way. waiting for it. All right, dude, we got to move on. I got to keep this show tight because okay. we have business to take care of. It's yeah. boardroom show week. Yeah. Um, we got to get going. Here. Let me run through a few things then, Scott. Okay. Or Okay, USA is our prediction for yes, that yes europe is our loser and, and just yes, to restate yes. uh andy irons documentary is premiering this week are you going no i'm not going i read the story by brad malekian in outside magazine that's the story i would recommend i think this is going to be a really good movie i would recommend you read this article before you go to this movie and see um what's missing yeah you know find what's missing because i just think that this is a rehash of that article but with I've heard, and you've heard, and everyone's read probably Warshaw's take on it on Beach Grit. I didn't read it. Um, basically, Bruce Bruce is brutally honest, which is awesome. I heard Bruce is really good in this. And, and you're not going to get that in the outside magazine. But my point is the facts that Brad Malekian put out there in 2000 and, what was it, five? Whatever the nah, year it was that he died. Know, man. Um, look, Brad Malekian caught a bunch of shit from this so-called surf industry who was all protecting, you know, Billabong and Andy Irons. And, you know, my whole thing with, with this or any drug story where there's tragedy is that we've got to find a silver lining. And the silver lining is let's not let Axel grow up to yeah. be a drug addict. Yeah. You know, like, and how do we do that? We tell him the truth. Now, maybe he's too young for that, but I don't think, I don't think the youth of, of the world, the youth of California, the youth of Hawaii, is is too young to hear the truth about um drug addiction you right know? i agree um i did not get an invite no, to no. the premiere no no you got to be one of the protectors yeah well i i honestly i was like i don't have the time this week to go to that anyways but yeah. i'm excited to see the film yeah i've heard I'm it's really good it. and I, i've heard it's, it's gut-wrenching yeah just like it's a tear you just feel sad yeah and you don't walk out of the theater feeling rejuvenated or hopeful it's just sad you know, it's a sad story. Yeah. So, uh, but it looks really well made. Yeah. Uh, the big wave awards just took place. Did I'm, you vote I'm a this voter. year? Yeah, I'm okay. a voter. Um, Why? So none it's none of the guys I voted for won. <laughs> it's the Quicksilver XXL Awards. It's not the WSL. Well, the WSL hosts the banquet, but the XXL. Oh, so Quicksilver stepped up to. I guess they're the presenting sponsor. Is they that to it. do with the board writers? 
Col- I, I don't know, but I mean, it's always a been. Thing. I know. Yeah, it probably has something to do with that. They just rebranded it, yeah. you know. But yeah. here's um, my other thought. Yeah. XXL Awards. Yeah. Why only two X's? I don't know. I you printed know T-shirts for the boardroom show. You got to go three X nowadays. There's some big people walking around. <laughs> so if if, if three X is the standard nowadays then the quicksilvers undermining their own 3x property. is not a good brand thing 3x has too much negative porno connotations negative or positive negative negative yeah. it's the most uh frequented area of the web i would argue I'm sure for it all is. people it's not it's not a it's not a smart branding move okay i Two think x's is fine you think so it's not extra large it's double extra large that yeah, but it's not triple. Let's no. go quad. Forget the three. Forget the three. Let's yeah. go quad. Quad X. I'm just saying, why are we four stopping X. at two? It's weird. Anyway. It used to be 4X surf contest in Australia, right? There you go. Bring it. Four so, uh, tube of the year goes to Ian Walsh for the wave yes. that we discussed ad nauseum. Yes. I, mean, I didn't vote for that one. I right voted of the for s- another one. What? Who are you, dude? Do you even know I surfing? Vote, no, I look, that was the obvious one. And that, the, it, every year, this gets to a thing where it's like, if, first of all, you got to look at the judging criteria. The judging criteria for tube of the year is a photo. It's like, judge a photograph that best represents the feeling of a double extra large tube. Terrible and, criteria. It's kind of a weird, but, but so I took it by the criteria. Like I looked at the criteria and I looked at all eight photos right. and I looked at them all and I started eliminating them and it came down to Ian's and this other guy. Yeah. I think it's at the right in Western Australia and it's a water shot. It's just, I just thought it was more like if you were to, if you were to pick a photo that hang in your large format foyer of your office building you know like a five by five photo or a 20 yeah. by 20 photo this one is just like oh my god it, it just had everything five lips beautiful lighting an incredible you know look on the guy's face it just yeah. it, it covered for me but it gets to be subjective at that point you know i mean ian what ian's ian deserved to win i'm not saying that i'm just saying it was a toss-up you know and i i wonder if the guy that you picked made the wave I don't think that matters in the criteria. It doesn't. It's the, the tube ride is a photo. Right. The you criteria can go is, on there right now and pull it up. And that criteria is flawed, dude. It kind of is. It's super now the flawed. ride of the year is different. The ride of the year is all the evidence that's put together. And, and he won for ride of the year as well. The same wave. Yeah, the same yeah. wave, and that's totally worthy. I mean, that it's we all ride. knew when that happened. That was like the ride of the century. It really was. It still is. Yeah. Forever. That was a no-brainer. Wipeout of the year goes to Andrew Cotton at Nazare. Biggest paddle award goes to Aaron Gold again. Yes. The uh, biggest wave goes to Rodrigo Coxa from Brazil at Nazaré, 80 feet, New Guinness World Record. Did that you see incredible. this footage? Oh yeah, I saw all of the stuff. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a voter. I vote for the stuff. You think it is incredible? Well, I didn't. I don't. I first of all, I don't vote for biggest wave. They don't allow us. They have a special crew of guys, like six guys, like whoever it is, it's pulling out a Mike Parsons tape. and Evan Slater and some of those guys with bill um bill sharp and some other guys that get involved but i you know it, it's a massive wave it, it's it's not only massive but it's massive for a long time it's like 80 feet for 10 seconds yeah. before it actually breaks he got so, he got towed into it by the way yeah so there's that right not minimizing it just saying it's important to acknowledge well that's why they have the paddle award yeah right? yeah so best overall women's the question is would the guy that won the toe would he paddle would he have paddled that day at jaws that aaron gold won 
yeah who knows i'm sure he would those guys are at this point they've they've filtered out all the all the pretenders yeah but it's a different commitment it's like um do you and i don't mean just uh like you could die being towed at I don't At mean either it, spot. I don't mean that paddling is a more impressive I think it commitment is. or intense commitment. I think it is. I'm yeah. saying you can only practice so many days a year, whether it's paddle or tow. And if you're going to pick a lane, you want to get really good at this one thing. Right. No, that's true. You know, so it's like you can't just transition from towing to paddling. No, it's right. a different thing completely. You're right. Both take balls. But, you're right. Um, Performer of the year for the women's side, Paige Alms. Performer of the year for the men's side, 22-year-old Lucas Chianca. Yeah, good for him. And for Paige. Outshining Kai Lenny. <gasps> your home boy. That's bullshit. Your hero. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah, well, you should have voted. No, that Lucas guy, he's, I think he's well-loved, and he's obviously a charger. He's that goofy foot guy that we yeah. saw kind of at the Nazare big wave event. He, he was pulling in. He was going for it, and then he he does those late drops at Mavericks, kind of laying back. Does that flutter? Like the, yeah, the flutter, layback, late drop. He, he's um, twenty two. Yeah, it's crazy. He's gonna. He's got. He's got twenty more years. We got twenty more years of what's his nickname? Chumbo. Chumbo? Yeah, yeah, Chumbo. Chumbo. But do you? Is it? Do you do stuff like that when you're twenty two because you have the balls, or because you don't have the, uh, you know, restrictor plate? Didn't he almost die already? I don't remember. Or is that somebody else? They've all almost died, I bet. Yeah. But I was going to say, the reason I bring that up is because if if you're 22 and you haven't had that that life-shattering experience that every big wave surfer has where they think they're going to die, and then they get back on the horse, you either get back on the horse or you're like, "Ah, I'm going to bite off a little bit less and a little bit less and every year, and before you know it, you're you're surfing a soft top at Cardiff. Recording a podcast in a truck. (laughs) Right. Dude, I mean, honestly, I was reckless when I was younger and less reckless probably than a lot of other teenagers. I was still somewhat responsible, but I would not do a lot of the things I would have done when I was 22. By the way, One Wheel is a... Uh, They're at the show. Is at the boardroom show. Yeah. Did they send you the One Wheel product? No. Oh, uh, They emailed me, said they were going to send one? you one. Yeah, they emailed me and they're like, hey, you want to try out this One Wheel thing? It's basically a platform, like a skateboard. It's and like an Indo board. One, yeah, like an Indo board, but one wheel in the middle, a wide uh, air-filled wheel, so you can go over like grass or sand or whatever. And then the sides that you stand on are um, sensor-mounted, like a Segway. So oh, yeah. once you're standing on the platform, uh-huh. you just lean forward, and it mo- it's motorized, you're and it kidding. goes I forward, and you lean backwards, and it goes backwards. It's oh. exactly like a Segway, except you're, there's no handle, and you're standing in a surf stance, you know, rather yeah. than parallel stance. Yeah, it's like you're on a skateboard. So they sent me this thing. You got one? Yeah. Oh, I got to give it back. It, it's a loner, though. No, I'm too I'm old, not, probably, for the one wheel. That's exactly what my point was going to be, is it shows up at my office, <laughs> and like, I, I look at the thing, and I'm like... I'm too old to ride this, dude. Yeah. I will break a wrist. Yeah. Like, I can't, I'll break a hip. I'm too yeah. old. So, anyway, I took it home, stared at it for like five <laughs> days. Good job. And then this weekend, built the courage to do it. Uh-oh. Uh, with my girlfriend. She's got a dog, so we like take the dog to the park. And I'm like, let's bring the one-wheel thing. Did you let's, have to charge it or something? It was our, they, yes, you have to charge it. It was already charged. Yeah. But we took it to the park she and i both did it flawlessly like she did it without a problem i did it i actually fell uh initially got a little bit of road rash i can show you oh my just God. a little bit of a burn That's on my leg to cause me to put it away it was just because 
I didn't know. I wasn't comfortable initially, and I um, didn't commit fully. That's the thing with stuff like like if you're gonna drop in on a ramp, you gotta you commit. Gotta go, yeah. You know, you just gotta get up and go. Yeah. And I bailed, and then like got a burn from the wheel, but it was minor. Got back on it and figured it out. Had a blast. This is not a one well, wheel commercial. They're gonna be demoing the one wheels at the boardroom. I know. I gotta return mine to them. There. Anyone can go to the boardroom and ride the one wheel and try it out. It was so fun, dude. I can't wait. I'm gonna try it. I'm looking forward to trying. We had a blast. It. I can show you video, like. Over, do. over grass, over con- like everything, like had right. a blast on that. Running thing. over kids. But that was one thing where I felt like we're taught, where it was like, dude, I'm too old for this thing. Turns out it I'm was not perfect. too old. Yeah. So, cool. anyway, Scott, uh, I've got one kook. We did our Dukes. My must see moment, by the way. I know you've seen this. I know everybody has seen this. It was my favorite thing I've seen in a month on Instagram, the stand up paddler who gets body <laughs> checked by the dolphin. Absolutely. That's the best thing ever. Gold. Yeah. Gold. It's kind of like sums it all up. Pot of dolphins <laughs> riding in a wave. The SUP is paddling out, so he's headed directly at them. One of the dolphins leaps and then body checks him, like leaps straight and then throws a hip check and knocked. The, and the SUP goes flying off the board. It's awesome. It's like something you'd see in roller derby. It was so good. That <laughs> that, that dolphin has been working on that hip check. Yeah. Now, have I've been? I'm sure you have too. Paddling out not on a stand-up paddle, but just actually paddling out, and the pot of dolphins is in the I wave in front you of you. That was the most scared I've ever been. It's Didn't the scariest thing. No, I don't remember. I think I've told on this just recently. Lots of times I don't listen. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm out. This is in Solana Beach like 30 years ago in high school. I'm by myself. It's gray, dark, gloomy, winter day. It's kind of onshore. It's, I'm out by myself, and there's dolphins jumping all around. I'm like going, oh, man, it feels like, it feels sharky. It felt sharky already, like, but this is just my imagination. You know how sometimes you're like, God, it feels sharky. Gets in your head. Because you're by yourself and it's yeah. gray and it's stormy. And there's no one around. And I'm like, ah, it feels kind of sharky. And sets are pumping and I have to keep paddling farther and farther out. And I'm like, ah. And I see these dolphins and there's a bunch of them. I'm like, oh, man, this makes it feel even more sharky. Are they scaring the shark away? Why are they so active? They were super active. And Sure enough, I'm like looking, and I'm kind of in my own little space, kind of tripping out. And five dolphin, maybe 10 feet in front of me, jump out of the water, didn't even expect it, didn't even see it coming. They just jump out of the water, 10 feet out of the water, dive right in front of me and go underneath me. And oh I'm just gosh. totally freaked out. Like I immediately just turned around and paddled in. Like they're either trying to tell me something or they're trying yeah. to hurt me. And I took it as a, a sign from God and I paddled in aggressively. They had to know you were there. Oh, they did. For sure. No, oh, they know. Those okay. things are smarter than most. And they have sonar. Yeah. So they can figure it out. Well, I've been in... I haven't had them jump in my face. I mean, I've been around dolphins. I mean, in Southern California, I don't know how it is around the rest of the world, but in Southern California, I see dolphins every time I surf, basically, yeah. and often within five feet, so that's not unusual. But this one particular... I, this has happened more than once, actually, where I'm paddling out... And just like in that video, they're in a wave cruising and some of them are breaching, coming right at me. There's nothing you can do. It's like, I have to duck dive and we're going to have a head-on collision. I assume they have sonar. I mean, I know they have sonar. So I assume they know that I'm here. Oh, yeah. But here's my... But you still duck dive, close your eyes and kind of cringe and hope to not get one straight to the noggin. Yeah. Because they're going fast and they're heavy. But here's my one thought in the back of my head, even though I know they have sonar. There's got to be a dumb dolphin. <laughs> There's got to be a Down syndrome dolphin. Oh, my God. A missing a chromosome dolphin, <laughs> right? Special needs dolphin. Sonar slightly off. It doesn't have to be off Bipolar like by 50 dolphin. feet. It could be off by five inches. Right. And that's the difference between them 
navigating around you and you dying because you got a dolphin to the head. Wow. Right? I wonder if anyone's ever died from dolphin to the head. Seriously, like a, a diver, a swimmer. I, I mean, there's soup ever happened. I, we need to look that. into this. Listeners, that. listeners, let us Has know. Has anyone died by dolphin? Dolphin to the head. Yeah. Death um, by dolphin. That could be the name of our new punk band, Death by Dolphin. I like it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we need to learn how to play instruments. No, not as a punk band. Oh, no. okay. I mean, the reality is there's not that many human-dolphin interactions, period. I would think statistically it would be pretty, it'd be pretty rare. But again, there has to be a slightly off dolphin. If humans well, can have the mental... dolphin that jumped out and broke that kid's board in yeah, West Oz? That was last right. year. That's right. Was that one slightly off? Had to have been. Just Hum- yeah. yeah, humans have mental deficiencies. Can't dolphins, right? I mean, we need to look into making this. a big leap. We need to look into this. Dolphins are dope. I mean, uh, humans are dopes. I think dolphins are smarter than humans. Think so? Yeah. There's okay. a lot to be said for that. Speaking of dope humans, would you like to hear my uh, kook of the week? Sure. All right. I'm sure you're familiar with the situation that's going on in Kauai with the extortion. And no, you don't know? I don't know anything about oh this. Oh my gosh, dude. What's going on? <sighs> you know they had all those floodings? Yes. They're all that Massive flooding. rain a couple weeks ago. Massive rain, flooding, and Hanalei. Um, Laird Hamilton saved a bunch of kids and filmed it and put it on his Instagram. Bunch of people running rescue missions, right? right? Well, there was three people, I think it was, who are being prosecuted for extortion because they picked up tourists who were stranded and... Demanded money? Picked them up in the boat, said they were going to drop them off at the Ritz-Carlton where there's like food and shelter and stuff like that. They took them out to the middle of the ocean and told them they each person owes $200. Otherwise, they're going to leave them in the ocean. Oh, my God. That's what's being alleged and reported. Well, who would make that up? A tourist wouldn't just make that up. No, but the what now is coming out is like oh no the tourists agreed to this amount on shore and then got cheap once they were rescued they didn't want to pay or whatever oh. so it's a question of what did they agree to on shore before they got but so up. there was humans that needed to be rescued and they waved somebody down and said we'll give you money no, save us the person went there with the intent to pick them up and rescue them or For not free or to get paid that's where the question lies but oh. they are arrested were arrested. I don't know if they're out yet. Anyway, Stephen wow. Stephen Cohen is like a former kind of pro surfer from Kauai who is in who is uh, one of the guys that got arrested. <gasps> really? Stephen, who's running, he has like a fishing business, so he owns a boat, mm-hmm. and he's been running this fishing business for a number of years. He is the one who is uh, being charged with this crime. Wow! So he's friends with Dustin Barca. Right. So. Stefan gets arrested. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed to make any uh, public statements about any of this as it's been reported because his, le- his, his law... Lawyer, his his yeah. lawyer said, don't be stupid. Lawyer's like, don't... Chi- yeah, don't just stay quiet. But all of his buddies chime in on oh, it. Oh, my. So my kook isn't Stefan because this is legal and the law will figure out who's right yeah, and who's wrong. It's not up for me to decide. Yeah. But my kook is all of his friends. His friends need to be quiet. What ends up happening is all his friends start chiming in like Steph would never do that. Steph is this, this and that. And then you're like, well, that actually doesn't sound like the, like a glowing review and you weren't on the boat. So for you to chime in and say definitively, he did not do that, but you weren't on the boat there to hear what he did or didn't do. Right. What ends up happening is they end up making him look more guilty. Right. His friends need to shut up. Right. You know, his friends who are trying have to they, do... Have they, have they since 
I don't toned know. it down. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's like everybody, the press goes to all of his friends for comment, and then his friends give very inarticulate uh, commentary, uh, and you're just like, oh, you're making Steph. This is not good for Steph. Oh, so no. anyway, uh, let that be a lesson. I think silence is golden when it comes <laughs> to are the worst when it comes to chiming in on your friend's behalf for whatever uh legal situation he is involved in uh, fair enough so all right yeah, scott that's a good one yeah boardroom this weekend we'll see everybody there it's gonna be a load of fun here's my got favorite. three live bands planned really yeah it's gonna, not dead gonna bands. drown each other out not dead bands you live should bands. schedule them at separate times so that they're not oh they're Damn. not conflicting. Should have thought of that. Unless you have the acoustics all sorted out. No, but um, Hold Fast from Dana Point is going to be playing at noon on Saturday. Then Tower 7 from Del Mar is playing on at 3 p.m. on Saturday. And then Lay Low is playing Sunday at noon. So live music. And also Pepe Romero is bringing out special guests to play ukulele and guitar jam sessions in the lounge area we have an art lounge which is going to be where you'll be able to watch pro surfing you'll be able to watch pepe and his guys build guitars you'll be able to see a bunch of killer large format art and you'll be able to kick back on couches and chairs and just chill there's art in every single booth of this show scott that's such a good point uh good i'm point. excited and every year we interact with more and more listeners yeah come out can and i tell you hi. can i tell you a funny story sure um first year that we started or that I showed up to the boardroom show. I think I got two people walk up and recognize me from the podcast yes. and it's increased to last year. It was like a lot of people so much so that somebody I'd see, I'd like make eye contact with somebody and then I'd immediately shift into that gear of like, Oh yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast. Well, more than once somebody made eye contact with me, beeline straight over to me and I shift into that gear and then they go, Hey, uh, do you know where Al Merrick's booth is? <laughs> like they weren't like, oh. recognizing me at all, but oh. I was already thinking I was a celebrity, you know, and they're uh. just looking at me as if I'm the help. Uh, uh. So I thought that was really, it was a humbling, it was like back down to earth. Well, in You're a way, not we are cool. the help. We're here to totally. help listeners enjoy their ride into work or whatever it is. We we are trying to do a public service. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's rad interacting with all the listeners throughout. Yeah. For sure. Show, I look so forward to meeting it's super people. Cool. And every time I do meet people, they say how great you are and how I need to stop interrupting you. I love those people. Yeah. Those are my favorite listeners. Yeah, I don't I don't really like those ones. But I've, again, scheduled former show guests, everybody. Dave Parmenter, for sure. I know he's an elusive one, and we were worried that maybe he just straight wouldn't show. I talked to him yesterday. He's coming. I got a question for you. Hit me. What's what's the dynamic when Dave's at your booth and he's engaged in a in a conversation because Dave's a great conversationalist and and he's engaged with one person or maybe two, and then people are walking by and they're like, oh, there's Dave. He's talking. I heard about this. And they walk up, and Dave doesn't acknowledge him. Like, is Dave gonna like break mid story or discussion with somebody and go, hey, yes, come join the conversation, sit down with me, or do you have to get in line, and then that person? has to wait until it's his turn to talk with Dave. I think it's a group conversation. There's but what if Dave doesn't, because I know, I think, I, I know Dave's kind of like this. Yeah, Like yeah. he's not, he'll just stay eye contact with you. He won't, maybe I'm making a uh, presumption. No, maybe I like it. It actually builds to Dave's allure, like his mystique. Yeah. Like if you're lucky enough, it's, it's supply and demand. <laughs> he has high demand, low supply. So if you're lucky enough to be that person, 
awesome. If not, you're going to have to wait in line and you might not get your chance. <laughs> like it is what it is. Okay. And like that, but you're right. That is a special working out those details is just, it takes a long time to get comfortable. Is Dave going to be on a couch? I've got, I've got sofas. Yes. Okay. I got a sofas. If he chooses to sit, he's welcome to sit. Right. He's not required to. This, I hope this works out. If it doesn't, we can evolve this to the next show where yeah. we have like seminar situation. Cause Dave, I think if we can get Dave in front of 50 people instead of five people, it'll be way better. Or will it be? I don't know. That's you a know, good question. But I, I think the seminar has certain value, certainly has value, and I would love to do that. You offered me an opportunity to do it. I just don't have the time and the energy to put it together this yeah, year. Yeah. But in the future, I would love to do some sort of seminars. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk so. it through. All right, man. Boardroomshow.com is how you get tickets. Yes. At Boardroom Show on Instagram, you're posting tons of fun stuff leading up to that. Yes. There's lots of good stuff. Yes. I'm looking forward to the shaping competition. Yes. Boardroom Show, California Gold Surf Auction this weekend. Until next time, David, adios and aloha.